Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Chayasara Sheni, the second Aliyah in our parasha. This Aliyah is on the topic of the match for Yitzhak. It is 13 psukin long, running from Perek Chav Gimel, Pasuk Yitzayin, to Perek Chav Dalet, Pasuk Tes. Here's what we hear. We, we hear the idea that Avram Avinu finally finishes the sale of buying the Stei Hamach Pela, and he buys it. It is, it is established. The sale is established publicly, even though today the, the area that all of Israel bought. So David Amelach buying Yerushalayim yeah, and Yaakov Avinu buying Shechem and, and Avram Avinu buying Hebron are the three most debated territories in Israel despite the fact that they were all publicly accepted that they were bought, they were bought by Hebrews. But at the time it was very clear to, that, uh, to everybody that it was clearly bought by a Hebrew and, and he buries Sarah in this area. Now we hear it from the new chapter in Aralia that Avram Avinu become, is at this point in time becoming very old and he's blessed with everything. Hashem blesses Avram Bakol with everything. And Hashem, then he, Avram turns to his, his Zakan Beisar, the elder of his house, who's in charge of all his assets, and, and asks him to place his hand underneath his thigh to take an oath by Hashem, the God of the heavens, and the gods of the earth not to take a daughter for his son Yitzchak from the daughters of the Canaanites around whom they, they live. And uh, rather he's supposed to go to the place of his, uh, of his ancestors or his fathers to take a daughter for Yitzchak. The, Ev- the Eved asks Avraham and says, but what happens if she doesn't want to come with me? So then Avraham Avinu says, you should be very careful. Don't bring my, don't, I don't want to bring my child, my son back there. If, and he says, Hashem, who, who, Hashem of the heaven took me out of this place. He brought me here. He says, I'm going to give you this land and, and I'm going to, you're going to try to help me take a, and find a wife for my son. Then she doesn't want to come with you. Then this oath is absolved. And you are absolved of this oath, and you and uh, and uh, the, she, you, you do not need to marry a woman to him from there. And this is what the Eved does, and the Eved does swear to him on this matter. So here we hear this proposition of marriage that is being set out. So a few basic questions on our Aliyah. Number one is, what does it mean when Avram was Avinu was blessed with everything? Hashem berach is Avraham bakol. Hashem blessed Avram with kol. That, by the way, when you say in the benching, bakol. Mikol, kol, that refers to the three words used to describe the blessings of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. The word for Avraham was bakol from Ar Aliyah. Mikol and kol, Mikol said by Yitzhak, and kol is said by Yaakov. We'll get to those later on. So the Gemara Baba Basra actually quotes a debate on Tezayinu Mbez. Rabbi Meir says that it refers to Shiloi Hoyolobas. He did not have a daughter. That was the blessing. Um, now, the, the interesting perspective. What does that mean? Not having a daughter is a blessing. Rabbi Yehuda says no. Specifically, he did have a daughter and that was a blessing. So he had another child and this, uh, this child was a daughter. Acherim are quoted as saying that um, he had a daughter and her name was Bakol. That was her name, Bakol. And Rabbi Lezer Hamodi'i would say that he had a certain astronomy, he, he understood that all the people would come, all the, the statesmen of the society would come to Avram. That was the blessing. He, was, uh, he had the gravitas that people came to him. And, and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai would say that he had a, a, some sort of magical gem that was on his neck that would give, grant healing to people. And when he, was, um, when he passed away, Kosh Baruch Hu depended it on or hung it upon the sun. Obviously a metaphor for, for, for some idea. 
What does it mean as to did, did Avraham Avinu in fact have a daughter or not have a daughter? So the Ben Yehoyada in his commentary on this Gemara says no, he never really had a daughter, but he had a granddaughter from Yishmael. And the question, the debate over here is, is whether he viewed this granddaughter as his daughter when ultimately his main um, legacy and line was going to be coming from Yitzhak. So was this daughter in fact considered like his daughter or not um, in, in this sense is what the debate is. Now, you'll notice that there's a discrepancy in this Aliyah in describing Hashem's relationship to the earth. Where if you look very carefully, you'll notice in Pasuk Gimel that Hashem is described as the God of heaven and earth. Whereas in Pasuk Zion, He's only described as God of the heavens. So why the difference? Rashi explains a very profound point about Avram's mission in life. And that is that Avram explains to, to Eliezer, to the servant, that when I started this whole business, God was only in the heavens. He was an idea, but he never really had any tangible reference in this world. My job in life has been to allow people to understand that God is not just in the heavens, God is also in the earth. And this is relating to Avram Vinu's mission and his success in that mission upon earth as well. There's a very strong question we can also ask in our earlier, and that is, it seems that he's so concerned about going back to, about not marrying his son to a Canaanite daughter, a daughter rather sending him back to his, the area of his place. But one has to ask oneself, you know, it seems that Lavan and Basur and the folks up there in Haran, they don't seem to be such good folks either. <laughs> they don't seem to be great exemplars that Avraham is looking for. So what is that, is that he doesn't want here that he is looking for there? So the Kleyakra has a number of suggestions. Two of them are the following. He suggests that he wants his son to maintain a foreigner personality. He wants his son not to become too entrenched in society. So if he's going to marry a daughter of one of the locals, then what's going to happen is slowly they'll integrate into society, they'll send their kids to the public school, everything will be just, you know, in a few years they'll get degrees from their Ivy League colleges and, and they want to be part of society, they'll become very high up professionals in society and within a few generations this idea is going to disappear. He said, I want to maintain that I'm going to always, always have it that my children are going to be foreigners, perennial foreigners in society society not to be part of that society, to create their own society. That's what's being described over here. However, the Kleoko has another suggestion, and that is, is that the improprieties of Lavan and Besuel are really in their sp spiritual orientation. They were of De Avodah They had the pagan deities that they served. The Canaanites also had that, but their main failing was actually in their materialism. And interestingly enough, the Kleoko makes a comment, which many Mephoshim also point out, the Malbim says the same, and that is, is that uh, um, in, in a certain sense, the, in the world of epigenetics, in the world of, um, of what's conveyed from one generation to another, materialistic um, outlooks on life, materialistic um, indulgences are more likely to be conveyed to the next generation than spiritual misgivings. And therefore, he said, I don't want to mix the blood of, with these folks over here who live a very material, very earthly kind of lifestyle that's going to affect our children. Rav Ashawas in his commentary on this says a very powerful thing and he says that, that to expand this idea where he says that Avraham Avinu was not scared ironically of Avodah of theological problems that he could deal with, that he could re-educate. What he was scared, what really terrified him was bad middos, was bad characteristics. Those that, that a corrupt platform means to say anything put through that, uh, any inf information will be corrupted as well. Finally, one last question is, why is the oath by the thigh of Abraham? Why is that what he said? So Rashi explains that this is a euphemism, in fact, for his bris miller. And the reason why this is necessary is because the practice was, and still is today, is that when people make an oath, to ratify the oath, they take a chefetz shalmitz, they take something which is holy, something which is used for a holy convocation. They, and uh, obviously in those days they didn't have the Bible to, to hold on to, so they used the chefetz of mitzvah, which is Avraham Avinu's bris miller.
However, Rav Hirsch says that doesn't seem to be what the, the verse is talking about. That doesn't seem what the Pasuk seems to be referring to because it doesn't say that explicitly. He says if you look at a person, a person sits down or lies down, the thigh essentially is the lowest part of the person which supports the person. And the hands of a person are that which will, uh, uh, express the person's creativity and their action in this world. What he's saying symbolically is, Eliezer, I'm going to be unable to fulfill my mission. I need to rest my weight. I need to rest my weight upon your actions. I need you to put your hands under my thigh to represent that I can rest upon your actions. That's the metaphor that's being said, which explains why the only other time this occurs is later on in Parsha Svayachi as well, where Yaakov turns to his son Yosef and says to Yosef, please promise me that you will bury me in the land of Canaan because I'm going to re rely upon your actions, which is the thigh resting upon your hands. This concludes the Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.